Studies show if children don't make a commitment for the Lord by the age of 12, they may never. So why don't ministry leaders focus more on presenting Jesus to children? Our guest, James Standish, became a parent and discovered how important it was to share the love of God with his own children. And guess what? He will help you also next on Ministry in Motion. James, welcome to Ministry in Motion. Let's dive right in. So you became a dad. That's right. And then maybe it sounds like the light bulb came on that I have children now. They are important. <laughs> <laughs> Ivan, I was the last guy who wanted kids, okay? I got into the fatherhood business a little bit late, later in life than most of my contemporaries. I, uh, my best friend, his kids are through, through college, and mine are uh, still in <laughs> elementary school, one's in middle school. So, yeah, I, I, there's actually an old song uh, that said, I've been around the world, I found only stupid people of breeding. I don't know if you remember that song. You probably didn't listen to that music. But, but the bottom line, I used to joke with people. Then one day, mm. what do you know? We, just, we, we, we had a baby. Wow. And um, to say that that changed everything is really an understatement. <laughs> it mm. changed everything for me and uh, also everything in the way that I see church. And also, of course, it helps in the way that I see God. That is amazing because uh, I've read many statistics and some, 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 some research that says if children aren't committed to the Lord, uh, they aren't connected to Jesus by the age of 12, it's going to be very difficult that they ever will. So, James, you know, we, we want to talk about how we can communicate better with children, how we can focus on them. And, and, and so if that's the case, why doesn't the church do more? Well, this is this, this was my question. It remains my question, uh, Ivan. Just go to your average church service. Mm -hmm. Sabbath schools are fabulous. What, 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 you'll find even in small churches, you'll find these great programs for kids, right. all age appropriate. And then you get to the service. Mm. And it goes forever. <laughs> You've got young kids. You can only give them so many things to draw or so many knickknacks to play with. Right. And um, it kind of hit me early on. Uh, maybe our priorities in the way that we go about worship, mm. in the way that we go about communicating, in the way that we focus in worship needs to change. You know, I was just reading with my, with my kids the other day, the Gospel of Mark. And it's the story where Jesus uh, gets in the boat because the crowd's so big and he goes out into the, into the uh, lake or the sea and yeah. pre he preaches to them from there. But it doesn't say he talked about abstract uh, sort of exegesis or, or even, uh, you know, complex uh, uh, packaging uh, of different, uh, you know, biblical passages. It says he told them stories. Hmm. Stories. Okay. And the kinds of stories that Jesus told, as you know, as you know, were stories that can mean a lot to adults. Right. But they also resonate with children. So I thought... Maybe we could do a better job with that. Wait a minute. Are you saying 
<laughs> pastors should speak to both adults and children at the same time? Well, it, 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 it's hot. <laughs> I, I, guess I, I, I would start from this. We, we actually, uh, as, as uh, you know, because we talked before the program started, I've just returned from six years in Australia. Okay. And while I was there, we went to a big church. It was a lovely church. Uh, but what I realized was the church service wasn't speaking to the needs of families. And so we actually, the, with, with the support of the church pastor and the whole team, we started a church service that was designed to speak to both children and parents. Mm. And the first thing we did, uh, Ivan, was to say, the 90-minute service, the one where you get in and you've got three hymns and five prayers and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. It's just interminable. Too long. Nobody's got a, 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 a power of concentration for that length. So we said, look, let's learn from TED Talks. Mm. 15 to 20 minutes, mm -hmm. get your point across. So that was the first thing. Okay. We also put the kids up front and uh, made them part of the service at the beginning, at the end. And by the time that I left, we even had kids giving the sermon. Okay. Now that's buy-in. <laughs> I love a buy -in that. that. That's right. I'm going to go here, though. <laughs> uh, you know, culturally speaking, there are some churches who, you know, they like being at church all day. Right. How do sure. you how do you address right. uh, the whole reaching children from that? Uh, mindset. Well, we used to go to a church that has one of those very long services. We lived downtown in Washington, D.C. We went to our local church. I won't name it. But it was, it, I used to joke with my wife, you can get up, go for a walk, take it easy, uh, <laughs> do everything you need to do, and you can still roll up and get the sermon. Sure. But one thing I noticed was this. Hmm. Often the kids were not in the service. Oh. They were downstairs. Okay. Okay, they, were, they, 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 they weren't listening. Okay, and in our day and age where everyone's got electronic devices, if you sit up in the uh, upstairs on a church, mm -hmm. look down through that congregation, Ivan, and look how many little screens are on. Mm. And once you see how many little screens are on, you'll know how many little brains are off. Gotcha. Okay? Gotcha. So you might be there all day. Mm -hmm. You might be, you know, that's great. But how much hmm. are the kids taking home? And if you're not reaching those kids, uh -huh. you've lost so tell me, you, you talked about Jesus uh, mm -hmm. telling stories. Um, what would you say to ministry leaders uh, that stories should be? How should they be crafted? Uh, are you just saying that stories need to reach children so that they can reach adults? Uh, tell me a little sure. bit more about this story thing. Well, in addition to... to telling stories. Uh, okay. I, I'm a writer. In okay. fact, they edited our publication down in the South Pacific, which is, uh, uh, goes to all the churches uh, down there. Sure. And so I've done a lot of writing. I've also written for secular uh, publications as well. And the mm. three rules that I have, uh, number one, either tell me something I do not know. Okay. Or tell me something I do know in a way I've never heard it before. Wow. Because if you go to children who have heard Daniel in the lion's den 150 times, <laughs> right? Right. And you get up there and say, kids, I've got a story for you. It's Daniel in the lion's den. <laughs> right off the bat, yeah. they're gone. And okay. I can tell you, kids that grow up in, in, in Christian homes, they've heard Daniel in the lion's den. They've heard David and Goliath, okay? I believe it. It's been done to death. Mm -hmm. So the question is, what have you got that is new? Okay. Or how do you tell those stories in a way they've never heard before? So that's the first rule. Okay. Broken all the time in church. Mm. The number of times I've sat through 
either sermons or children's stories or both where it's the same stuff done in the same way. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like that's why people aren't listening. Okay, that's the first thing. The second thing is whatever you do, add energy, mm. creativity, okay, humor. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, what I find is this, and that is that if you've got something funny to say, say it because halfway through a sermon, people need something to re-engage with, and humor is a very powerful tool to do that. And if you read the Bible, you see irony, you see hyperbole, you see overstatement. All the things that are elements of humor are there in over and over again in, in, uh, in our stories. It's a great way to do it. So, James, yes. hold that thought, sure. because we're going to come back. Okay. I, I love this, telling <laughs> kids stories that also reach adults. Next on Ministry in Motion. We're talking with James Standish. He's a father, lawyer, he's worked for the church, and we're dealing with a great subject about connecting and reaching kids. James, when we left, you were talking about the three great components of a story right. in reaching children. Let's start right there. Okay, let me just recap because, uh, okay. you know, after the ad, everyone will have forgotten what I said. <laughs> First of all, you need a story that is uh, either something new or tell an old story in a way that it hasn't been told before. People like fresh. They okay. don't like stale. <laughs> Give them something fresh. Give kids the fresh. Sure. Secondly, it's got to be told with vim, vigor, energy, excitement, something that actually makes you want to listen. A little bit of humor really helps, too. Sure. Uh, and then the final point, which we didn't get to, is it's got to have a good story arc. Mm. A beginning, a middle, and an end where something happens that comes to a lesson, and the lesson shouldn't be so overwrought or so abstract that you sort of get to the end of the story and then somebody texts on, oh, and here's a Bible text that's somewhat unrelated and, and tangential to the, to the issue. One thing related to that final point, mm -hmm. and it's a personal peeve of mine, Okay, but I've got a few personal peeves, you've seen that, <laughs> I'm getting it all out here, uh, and that is um, practice before you get up. Mm. It's a little thing. But you've got 200 people, 100 people, maybe you've only got 10 people, but you're taking their time. You've said, I have captured your time. Yeah. Okay, you owe it to those people. If you've got the microphone, if you've got the podium, if you're at the front, if you said come and listen. Yes. To get your act together. Okay. By act, I don't mean you're phony or you're faking. Right. But we all know there's an art to telling stories. Okay. There's an art to speaking. And if you haven't perfected that art, mm -hmm. then it's really hard to listen to. And the number of times that you hear people up the front at a church service or in other services and so forth, where they're just mumbling on like they're talking to, uh, you know, they're thinking of these things for the very first time, it's not good enough. Wow. I mean, our kids are growing up in a media-saturated world right. with highly polished stuff vying for their attention all the time. We better at least... Mm. Take the time and effort to practice a little get before it right. we get up front to do something. Now, you mentioned two words. You mentioned art, A-R-T, mm -hmm. 
and you mentioned ARC. That's right. A-R-C. That's right. So tell me a little bit more about this ARC. We're not talking about like Noah's Ark. We're talking <laughs> about kind of a beginning and an That's end right. of a story. So I don't know if you've ever heard a story that just rambles on, and at the end it finishes, and you're just trying to figure out <laughs> what, what, what was that about? Can't I, land I, the plane. Can't land the plane. Don't know where, what, what, what was the point? Gotcha. A story has to have a particular point. You know, normally you have the protagonist. Mm -hmm. They meet some sort of challenge. Sure. They, in the way that they meet that challenge, determines what the lesson is, and at the end that lesson comes out. Now, what you don't want to do, mm. in my view, is to repeat the same lesson all the time. Okay. And the classic lesson that we'd say in children's story is, there was Johnny. He was, I don't know, bitten by a cobra, but he lived. Angels protect us. Let's all go home. Let's go back to our seats. Mm. It's not a bad thing to say that God protects us or that God does miracles or that, that God intervenes in amazing ways, uh, Daniel in the lion's den or the fiery furnace and so forth. Sure. But there are a lot more people who were killed in the Bible than there are who were saved. Think mm. about it. Stephen mm. wasn't saved. Right. How many times you hear a Bible, a story about somebody who gave their life for Christ? How many times do you hear about, I prayed and I was sincere and I waited for God to do something and he didn't do what I was hoping for? You know, that's an excellent segue into something even a little deeper. And that is, you know, as our professional uh, ministers, quote-unquote, as uh, those who've been called to preach the gospel full-time, um, how do they communicate the deeper truths, the complex truths? Because, you know, every, every sermon isn't about Daniel and the lion's den. <laughs> right, right. But there are some, some deeper truths hmm. that adults need and children may be present. So what do you, what do you have to say about communicating and connecting with kids through complex issues? Well, I think it's a really good question. And I think that we don't do this enough, particularly complex issues that mm -hmm. are at play in our society. I'll just give you okay. two examples. Uh, and the first one is so sensitive that, you know, we, 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 we have a hard time talking about it. Mm -hmm. But the first is, is, is biblical sexual ethics. Okay. Everywhere you look in society, I listen to NPR, the National Public Radio, if you listen to the BBC, whatever it is, right. they're talking about these issues, whether it's transgender or if it's uh, mm -hmm. uh, sexual orientation, whatever it is. Um, it's also in TV shows, it's in movies, it's in conversations. We need to have the maturity to have the kinds of conversations about Christians views on sexual ethics and not be so shy and not be so scared to do it. Hmm. It's complicated, but I don't know, you know, we're, we're talking to a global audience, different cultures have different ways of doing things for sure. Although I grew up in, in Asia, so mm -hmm. it's not like, and I've traveled in Africa and I've been in Central America and so forth. I know that wherever you go, uh, uh, the issue of sexual ethics is alive and, and, and complex, right? And, uh, you know, wherever there's people, there's sex, so, sure. so we need to talk about it. Sure. And, and the, the, the point that I, that I make is this, and that is, in the U.S., we, we start teaching um, uh, uh, sex ed, I guess you'd say, about grade five. But we, sh we need to start talking about these things because kids are going to encounter these questions, sure. these complex issues, 
and we need to have the ability to talk about them and talk about them in a way that's mature and honest and open. Uh, that's the first thing. Uh, Origins is another example where they're okay. going to get other views, whether it's, sure. whether it's just watching nature documentaries or whether it's in their uh, science textbooks, wherever it is, mm. and we have to be able to have those complex conversations. It can't all be uh, from day one until they're 16, oh, here's another deliverance story. I am so glad that you are going down this road, and I probably took you down this road. <laughs> but, but I'm so glad that we don't have to pick and choose parts of the Bible to deliver. But all of the Bible, including sexuality, including origins, uh, complex issues in life, uh, the Bible does address these in many ways. And so uh, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Any ideas you could give to those who convey these messages to connect with children in a better way? Yeah, I, th I think that there are three principles to follow again. And the first one is to be honest. I, and that can be hard. I mean, I've had to talk with my own children. Uh, can I be honest with you? <laughs> we got to take a break. Okay. <laughs> and I'm going to come right back. Okay, sure. And we're going to continue on Ministry in Motion. We're talking with James Standish about communicating with children. He's a father, a husband, a lawyer, and he had a passion once his children were born that we better do a better job of connecting with children. James, when we left off, you were dealing with three special ways in which we can communicate complex issues. Right. Three sort of general principles that I think that we all need to, to strive to follow. Now, mm. you know, look. I, uh, I say to my kids, uh, you know, you've got a very faulted father, and that's true. <laughs> they don't see it yet, but I'm sure they will <laughs> soon. Um, but three, three ways to, to, three principles to keep in mind. The first is honesty. Okay. I try not Big to, to uh, mislead, but also I try to be honest in the sense of if they ask a question, I try to answer it even if it's something that I don't really like talking about. And there are lots of things that, I, you know, it's not really what I want to talk about. Certainly, sure. I don't want to talk about it with kids. But if a child or a kid asks me a question, my kids, then I try to deal with it. The, um, the second one is clarity. Okay. And by clarity, what I mean is sometimes we talk about complex stuff in these sort of cloud, soft-focused soft things. You know, we, mm. we used to have a hard time even in our society recognizing, you know, saying words like, like pregnant, right? Because we say, oh, you know, somebody's in a <laughs> motherly way or whatever. And we, 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 we use, after, uh, you know, uh, sort of generalizations. And at the end of a conversation, a kid can be sitting thinking, well, I don't know what was just said, right? I don't know, what, what are you talking about? Right. So, um, so I, I think that that's, that's very important. And finally, humility. Kids will ask us questions if we open ourselves up to them that we don't know 100% the answers to. Sure. And that's okay. Mm. Like leveling with children and just saying, you know, that's a good question. Um, it's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> this is what I think, but I'm not certain of, right? Because there's a lot of things, both in the Bible and society, we don't know for certain. Correct. I mean, being a Christian doesn't make you omniscient. <laughs> sure, sure. God's omniscient. We're not. So, right, right. So, so it's, it's following those kinds of paths, but not ducking the hard issues that come through life today. Because I think a lot of kids, 
are getting to the point where they're hearing about different views on uh, on, on origins or sexual mm -hmm. uh, ethics or other issues that are out there, and they don't have a worldview. They don't have the tools. They don't have the background. They haven't had the discussion. They don't have the answers. They don't. Sure. They don't even have the beginning of a discussion. And when they hear somebody else who is so confident. Yes. In their secular view, who mm -hmm. has a worldview that's that's well articulated, that's using every form of media to pound at home, well, they're lost. Yeah, and 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 become attracted to that. Well, it, especially it, it, when the church is silent. When the church is silent, you can't yeah. abandon a space. You know, we, we, we you you know we 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 think of ourselves as we we somehow uh, there's a holiness in prudishness, mm. but the Bible's not prudish. Right. It's not prudish. It. Yes, we've got strong sexual ethics, and we, the Bible does not shy away from talking about it. Mm. And mm. neither should we. Yeah. You know, the Word of God says, except we become as little children, we won't enter into the kingdom of heaven. And, of course, Jesus had much to say uh, about children. He had much to say about life in general. And I think the message of Jesus, children not only will get and understand, but they will they will hear in a way that through stories That's right. we can we can we can really make a make a point. And I, I want to thank you for that. You know, as we think about it, there are some services. Uh, we have ba baby dedications, we have baptisms. Uh, all of these involve children. We have children's stories. We have children's church. Um, any any passion in any of those things that take place in church that you want to speak to our our listeners and viewers about? Uh, you know, I do, uh, Ivan. Uh, a few years ago, I had a, fr uh, a friend of mine, uh, his son, uh, went through the bar mitzvah process. He was a friend of mine who's a lawyer also, and we practice okay. the same law firm. He invited me to the temple, uh, the synagogue for this. And it blew me away. Mm. And it blew me away because this ceremony was a serious ceremony all about that child. He got up and he read in Hebrew. He then gave a sermon. This mm. is a kid who's uh, 13 years old, okay? This isn't like, uh, you know, uh, someone who's been through theology school. Sure. Uh, then he gave a public affirmation that he had chosen to be a Jewish male. Mm. And I looked at that up there and I thought... You know what? They've got something we don't have. Wow. Because in my church, when we have a baptism, mm -hmm. it's often sandwiched between the offering call and the third hymn. Another bulletin point. It's a, it's a bulletin point. Okay, baptism, okay, good, right. okay, move on. This kid, he's the center of the whole day. Mm. Then at night, they have a gigantic party. It's a party he's never going to forget. It's a sure. wonderful uh, event. And this is all about him. This is a true coming of age, affirmation of faith, adoption of an identity uh, a ceremony. There's a reason that Jews have survived for 2,000 years, even though they've been persecuted all over the world. Hmm. It's through understanding how to anchor your kids in your faith community. We don't understand it. We have about 50% of our kids leaving. We can learn something. So hmm. um, I thought about this when my oldest daughter said she wanted to be baptized. Uh-huh. Fortunately, the church pastor was cool with this. Um, we had a ceremony that was a church service all about her life. We had a video about her life. Wow. We had a sermon that focused on it. She got up and gave a sermonette. Mm. Uh, 
we had a, a, a dinner afterwards that was all about her. And the next day, because we were in Sydney, we went out on a cruise on Sydney Harbour. <laughs> a day you'll never forget. She will never forget that day. We've got to do that for every kid. There's no kid whose wow. soul is less precious than mine. Mm. I think we can do better if we focus on these ceremonies in a way that's serious and yeah. deep, yeah. and a way that says, this isn't some footnote in your life. This isn't some immaterial thing for our church. Mm -hmm. You are the center of this, and you giving your life to God is the most wonderful thing and I the most it. important thing that's going to happen in this church. James, I hear your passion. <laughs> in fact, you were so passionate, you wrote a book. I want you to tell us in 20 seconds sure. about the book. Hold it up and there it is. talk to us about it. It's a group of, it's, it, I found that there's not that many books with great kids' stories, particularly contemporary ones that deal with complex issues. Mm -hmm. So I wrote one. It's called Disneyland's Back Door. It's available at Amazon.com. Okay. And it is, uh, you know, I hate to say this because it's my own book, but <laughs> it's really a great breed. And I've gotten feedback from all over the world, from Asia, from Europe, from uh, the United States and Australia. People have read this, read this with their kids and really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I think your viewers will also really enjoy it. So Amazon.com, Disneyland's Backdoor. James, thanks so much for being with us today. And if you're watching or listening, we want to give you a copy of this book, Disneyland's Backdoor, a book of stories. Please, the first 20 who email us at feedback at ministryinmotion.tv, that's feedback at ministryinmotion.tv, we will give this book to you. We are so glad you joined us today. It's been important talking about children on Ministry in Motion. Let's review some ways to communicate better with children. Kids' ministry is the most important ministry. Stories are an incredibly important tool for communicating with children. Then there are three great ways of telling a great story. They must be new and exciting. They must be told with energy and creativity. They must have a good story arc then kids can handle complex issues and you better deal with them before someone else does. Lastly, there are three essentials of talking about these complex issues. You must do so honestly, you must do it with clarity and humility. These are ways of rethinking church as a means of connecting and reaching our children for eternity. We'll see you next time on Ministry in Motion.